This episode is brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped is a premier male grooming company with the star Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, and we want to be able to share the savings with you, our awesome listeners. So you can use the promo code BLUECHIP, all one word, to get 20% off your next order. Don't let your balls down. Get the Lawnmower 3.0. Your balls will thank you. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Big Shots NFL Draft Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Renish, and I'm joined, as always, by my colleague over at Blue Chip Scouting. It's Devin Jackson. Devin, how are you today, man? Pretty good, man. Can't complain. Uh, we got bowl season starting up. Uh, in well, When you're listening to this, it'll be the first game is already kicked off. Or yep. about to kick off. About so. to kick off, I think, noon. Yep, yep. Got good, uh, Toledo, good day to be home. Middle Tennessee State. Um, uh First two games are games of my conference, so yeah. I guess I'll be tuning into both of them. Uh, but, you know, it's a good Thursday morning when we're recording this. If you're like our friends Justin Treese or our colleagues at Blue Chip Scouting, um, Jordan DeLugo and Alex Barnett, it is a very good Thursday morning. Obviously, we're talking about uh, the Urban Meyer firing. Uh, that took place, if you ask me, about eight weeks too late. But he is officially now tied with Lou Holtz and Bobby Petrino for the third shortest uh, NFL coaching tenure in history. And I say third, technically it's the fourth, but I don't count Belichick with the Jets as a head coaching tenure. That was, that that, that didn't happen. I like to ignore the fact that that happened because he was head coach for two days. Um, however, it is, it, it is, we knew this was going to happen. That's what I was trying to say. We we knew this was going to happen. He wasn't going to stay around long with losing, you know, you know, you know, with a losing franchise. But the thing is, is it wasn't, it wasn't that, you know, the team was hot garbage, which it was. It was the fact that he created a sideshow in Jacksonville. And we, you can talk about all the stuff he did. Was it, was it week five that all of that happened with the bar? I don't even remember. And then, then there's the, the report from, uh, Tom Pellicero about the, you know, how he treated his, his coaching staff and, and calling them losers and having them defend their resumes to him. By the way, Urban, you hired them. So if they're such losers, what does that say about your ability to hire a freaking winner? Well, how there about... was that, and then he it came out on Wednesday that he was that he kicked Josh Lambeau. He did what? You didn't see that? No, nah, I missed that one. Yeah, dude, that Trevor Sikama joke of like Urban Meyer and his own kicker—that is from him kicking Josh Lambeau. For what? Uh, Josh Lambeau had apparently been missing some kicks, so while he was uh, in practice, so uh, while he was stretching. Uh, Urban came up and kicked him. And when Lambo told him not to kick him, Urban apparently responded with, quote, I'm the head coach and I'll kick you whenever the fuck I want. Well, there goes the explicit label on this podcast. But, hey, uh, blame, Ur- hey, you know what? Blame Urban Meyer. No, I mean, that, that, that's, 
I, I like I said, I didn't know about that. I knew something you thought happened. that that was yeah. You thought that that was just Trevor being a smartass. There's a reason for it. Yeah, look, I, I to me, I've already started drowning out Jaguars talk. Like, uh, I'm sorry, I just could not deal with another discourse of Irvine the the the. Oh, believe me, I spent 500 words writing about just his last week, and then they fired him at one o'clock in the morning. After I'd already submitted, you know, Thursday's predictions article. But I want to use all of that to segue to this, Devin. He's obviously tied now with Lou Holtz, Bobby Petrino. You know, both college guys that went to the NFL didn't work out. Saban was one year? Less than a year. He was less than a year. Um you know, it hasn't worked with Matt Rule at, at, at Carolina. It definitely didn't work with Urban. Is there, are we going to hit a point where college coaches just aren't viewed for NFL jobs? Because there's there's definitely a disconnect. The shit, part of my language, the shit you can get away with at the college level, you can't do at the pros. You can't be a megalomaniacal dick. Again, I'm I'm on fire today with with, with the cussing. You can't be that way in the NFL level. These are grown men that are that are just going to look at you and be like, yo, I'm not going to fucking play for you. That's not happening. In college, you have to kind of put up with, with their antics and their abuse and their, their grandstanding because that's how you get on the field. You know, you can't do what Josh Lambeau did, even if Urban Meyer kicks you, because if you stand up for it, you may very well lose your scholarship. Yeah, it's a whole different world in the NFL, and Urban Meyer found that out uh, early. Like, you can't just tell them whatever you want. You can't talk to them however you want. You know what my favorite quote that came out from him was? That he told his assistant coaches that they were the sorriest group of losers he'd ever seen, and he had a better coaching staff at Bowling Green. Again, he hired them. Yeah, I just don't understand, man. Like... You took the time. I mean, you didn't even vet out the the Iowa strength coach. I mean, come on, man. There was too many things wrong with the the era, his era. And we knew this was going to go down the crapper in the preseason. He looked checked out in August. Well, first of all, we know from his history that he can't handle losing. So I don't know what he expected. Like, well, you know what he, you know what it was for him. No, it was for him initially. You know that Urban Meyer was using jobs like this to get a raise out at, at, at of Fox Sports, right? He was making $10 million a year to be Fox Sports's, you know, mm-hmm. analyst. You know he was trying to leverage these NFL jobs to get more money from Fox, and Fox went, all right, well, we've hit our limit. We're not paying you more than that. And the Jags went, here's $11.5 million a year. The the Khan the family owns a wrestling promotion and Urban Meyer was the biggest heel on their payroll. I just, I don't get it, man. They had all those coaching options out there and they chose him. They passed up on Eric Bieniemy, Robert Sala, and uh, oh god, there's another name that, 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 that made the list and now I can't remember. Uh, they, they passed up on legitimate head coaching options. Brandon Staley? Yeah, Brandon Staley was the other one. At, at, they passed up on Eric Bieniemy for, for 13 weeks of Urban Meyer. 
13 very expensive weeks of Urban Meyer. I bet you Eric Bieniemy would have cost you less than $11.5 million. They won more than one game. I'll tell you that. They, they've won Trevor, two. They've won Trevor, two. Oh, my bad. They would have won more than two games. Trevor Lawrence <laughs> would have looked a lot better than he does now. Instead of I think, running a I think high they've won offense. two games. I think they've won two games. I don't even know at this point. What are they? Yeah, they're two and eleven. I I know they beat the Bills, but I can't tell you who their other win was against. I genuinely can't. Uh, jeez, who else did they beat? Was it the Bengals? No, they lost the Bengals. Oh, oh, they beat the Dolphins. Oh yeah, yeah in London. That And that game galvanized the Dolphins into becoming potentially playoff contenders. Anyways, we're not here to talk about the NFL. We're not here to talk about the NFL. We got bowl season kicking off tonight. But before we get into talking about bowl season, again, because I haven't had time, I want to tell the folks about Jersey House, the sponsor of today's podcast. Fantastic product. Devin, your LSU jersey is probably arriving any day now. I have to call and yell at Ken at a post because they can't seem to find my jersey, which is always lovely. Uh, that's a Canada Post problem. Uh, that Canada Post is somehow worse than the USPS. But the products themselves, absolutely phenomenal. Uh, and for a fraction of the price of retail NFL jerseys, uh, whether you want NFL, MLB, NBA, college football, college basketball, high school basketball, you want a custom jersey? They got they got you covered with that. I have a wonderful Christian Darasaw jersey coming my way soon. Um, I can't recommend them enough. If you use the promo code Big Shots, you get fifteen percent off your next purchase. Again, Big Shots, all one word. Uh, it helps give back to the podcast. And again, they ship anywhere in the world. It's JerseyHouse.ca, and if you're in the states like Devon, they convert everything into U.S. dollars for you. If you're in the U.K., like our pal Ollie Hodgkinson, they convert it to British pounds sterling. I, again, I can't recommend them enough. It's about three weeks for shipping, so if you're trying to get it for Christmas, I hate to break it to you, but you can start the new year off looking fresh with a brand new jersey, courtesy of our friends at Jersey House. All of that out of the way, let's get going on these bowl games. we got eight games to talk about uh, before we come back on Monday to talk. Uh, we'll, we'll figure out what to do with Monday's bowl game later. Devin, like you said, you got two MAC teams playing, and uh, we'll start with the first one. we got Mid-Tennessee uh, State and Toledo in the Bahamas Bowl. Oh, that, uh, that's all, that was it? <laughs> yeah, I thought you were going to go in and talk. I didn't know you were going to say the line or... Nope. You know what? I You know what I, What makes me sad, Devin? Is that this game doesn't have a sponsorship. And they had the perfect sponsorship for it three years ago. It used to be the Popeye's Chicken... Louis, uh, Popeye's Louisiana Chicken Bahamas Bowl. They used to be sponsored by Popeye's, man. Of course it was going to be the favorite, uh, you know, bowl game of the podcast. We had a Popeye's chicken sandwich competition this year. Yep, wasn't meant to be. Uh, oh. but in terms of the actual game. Um, Who am I watching for Toledo? Toledo, you were watching safety Tyson Anderson. Uh, did he, he just get invited to the senior bowl? He did. 
Yes. So he uh, he hasn't played the whole season, but he's uh, very impressive. Has over 800 special team snaps in his career. So he's definitely going to be a special teams ace at the next level, uh, day three guy. Plays safety. Uh, they put him in a, kind of a box role most most times and not. Uh, can can make, you know, uh, kind of rangy plays inside and outside the box. Uh, works well in short zones. Uh, man coverage. Uh, he, had, he has some uh, position versatility as it translates to the next level. Uh, has long enough arms to play corner. Doesn't really have uh, the background to play, but I wouldn't be surprised if they – Utilize him as a um, nickel at the next level, but I think he can be kind of that safety nickel hybrid, and and he'll definitely be, um, you know, a candidate to to be a special teamer, a core special teamer early on. So he's the the main attraction. Um, they have a fun quarterback, Daquan Finn. Uh, he's a dual threat guy, but I, I don't think there's really anything there for like NFL potential. But he's he's just a fun player to watch. But, but Anderson is the, the kind of the main piece there. And then on the other side, Middle Tennessee State, uh, they got Reed Blankenship, who's been in college for like 10 years. Uh, I was just about to mention Reed Blankenship. That's the only prospect that I know of from Mid Tennessee State's uh, side. Uh, so who are you picking in this one? By the way, I should mention that uh, Toledo is 10 point favorites with an under, over under a 50 and a half. Yeah, I'm going to go with Toledo. Uh, they played uh, really well down the stretch of the season. Really, their uh, couple losses in, in conference were separated by three points or less. Uh, so they, they've had a, a tough season in terms of losing some cl- close games and a couple wins from there. And, I mean, they are, they're in the MAC championship. So I'm going to go with Toledo. I think they'll be juiced up, ready to play the game. Uh, I think Tyson Anderson will have a big game. It's his final game for Toledo, and I think they'll they'll run all over Middle Tennessee State. I'm going to pick Toledo. I mean, this is a team that almost beat Notre Dame, and yes, that is the one thing I know about Toledo from this year, but that sticks with you when you almost upset the number uh, five team in the country. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Toledo. I think that they'll cover. Um, when Mid-Tennessee State's best player is a safety that moves like a linebacker and has been in college since the Reagan administration, um, I'm going to have to go with Toledo. All right, Devin, you and I are facing off in this next one for conference supremacy. It is the Tail Greeter Cure Bowl. Man, I wish this was still sponsored by Kraft because it was like the the Kraft fight for a cure bowl or something like that. Anyways, it's being played in Orlando. It is Coastal Carolina and Northern Illinois. Coastal favored by 10.5, over under of 63. Do you want to talk about Northern Illinois first? Yeah. Yes, Northern Illinois, they don't have a, a ton of prospects. Uh, obviously, got quarterback Rocky Lombardi, uh, who I think won, maybe he did or didn't. I think he won the MAC MVP award. MAC that is a, MVP award. That's an indictment on the rest of the conference, if you ask me. Hey, there's no, there's really, uh, hey. If Kayla Ellaby was there, he would have easily won that. But, um, yeah, Northern Illinois, they, they have obviously Rocky Lombardi and then, uh, running back slash fullback Clint Rakovich. Um, he's, I think probably going to be round six, round seven if he gets drafted. And that's if he tests well, I would assume. Um, I wonder if he's going to bulk up for, I think, 
think he got the Senior Bowl, or it might be the Shrine Bowl. I think it's the Shrine. Yeah, he has a Shrine Bowl uh, invitation. Uh, I wonder if he's going to bulk up and actually be like 225, 230 as a fullback, or is he going to stay around 210, 215? Uh, but he makes things happen. He, he can uh, catch out of the backfield, uh, you know, run in for, for short yardage situations. And uh, he broke like an 80, 90-yard run earlier in the year, or, or a couple weeks ago, I should say. But um, he's probably the main prospect to watch. Defensively, they don't really have too many guys, so uh, it's really uh, Rakovich uh, in in uh, Lombardi. On coastal side, I wrote about this. Um, I, I took a page out of your book. I did a uh, Sun Belt Bowl preview article, which came out on Thursday, but you should definitely check it out before the uh, games kick off. There's not a lot of Sun Belt Sun Belt Bowl games. That's really hard to say. Uh, there's only four, only four teams in the conference finished with a winning record out of 10. That is an indictment on the conference if I've ever seen one. Uh, it was so lopsided, but I took a look at one offensive prospect and one defensive prospect for the conference in every game. So on offense, I talked about Isaiah Likely, who legitimately, I think, has a chance to be one of the top three tight ends selected in this year's class. Um, I think he compares pretty well to Evan Ingram. I think he's a better blocker than Evan Ingram is, too, which is going to win him some favors. He's definitely more of a well-rounded tight end than one we talked about earlier this week in Charlie Kohler. But, you know, obviously he can truly take over a game, watch the Arkansas State game. The guy was, I was going to say uncoverable, but uh, that was mostly because Arkansas State just decided not to cover him, which is not advisable. That's how you end up getting uh, giving up five touchdowns. Um, and then on defense, I talked about Jeffrey Gunter. Now, Gunter, again, he's not going to put up impressive sack numbers. He's had in his time at Coastal a six sack season, a five and a half sack season, and a six and a half sack season. But when he gets going early, his motor, you know, never stops. It's if he starts off sluggish, he tends to finish sluggish. If he can't get his confidence going early, then he's basically taken out of the game, which is a bit disappointing. But I think that against a Northern Illinois offensive line that, no offense, Devin, is not exactly the greatest, he might be able to get a sack early. And that might get his confidence going, and he might put up another sack. He's going to go to the Shrine game. I think he's probably in that day three range right now, that early fourth, fifth round. He's pretty good. And then other guys you got to keep an eye on, obviously, Grayson McCall, no idea if he's going to declare. Uh, we'll find out pretty soon because I'm assuming coastal draft decisions are going to be coming in probably by about the 20th. Um, and then, uh, CJ Brewer, the defensive tackle. Everybody else is pretty, uh, and Javon Hiley, the uh, wide receiver who's going to the shrine game too, led the conference in receiving yards. So who you got in this one? Coastal's favored by 10 and a half over under 63. I think Northern Illinois will cover, uh, but I think coastal will win. Um, I think so as well. I think that, you know what? I think Coastal's going to be a little dejected for this game because of how early in the bowl season it it is when they were aiming for a New Year's Six. Yeah. I mean, you know, after their year last year, they beat BYU, you know, had a lot of momentum going into the season. And for them, their two losses, I mean, they're both tough losses. Um and, you know, they didn't even get a chance to play in the Sunbelt Championship. So that had this thing um, for them and, and what they've built 
So, uh, you know, it was a bit of a down year for them. And uh, I mean, most teams would love to have a 10 win season, you know, I mean, expectations but, this year at Coastal were very high. Yeah. I mean, people think that maybe they challenged Cincinnati for that uh, group of five spot, but that did not happen. Well, mostly because Cincinnati ended up sneaking into the playoffs, but yeah, <laughs> and, and they just weren't as good this year. All right, moving over to Sun, uh, sorry, to Saturday. Devin, we have an 11 a.m. kickoff. That's so if you're, if you're listening to this on the, <clears throat> excuse me, if you're listening to this out on the, uh, the West Coast, you gotta get up really early for this one. This would be an 8 a.m. kickoff, uh, Pacific time. It's Western Kentucky against App State. So it's a classic offense versus defense matchup. Um, App State favored by three, over under of 67 and a half. I mean, this is going to be the one of the best defenses ba- Bailey Zappi's faced this year. And he led the NFL in pass, uh, the NFL, sorry, the NCAA in passing yards with 5,500 yards passing. 5,500! There's a interesting nugget for this game. Ooh. Western Kentucky is 0-9 all-time in bowl games. App State is 6-0 all-time. Is that you? Is that your pick? I'm, I was just staying with the facts. I don't know who I'm going to pick yet, but uh, you know Bailey Zappi, obviously the the big uh, attention grabber in this game, um, and, and rightfully so. He's going down to the Senior Bowl, and uh, you know it's probably has a chance to be a, a day two selection. Uh, sorry, I should say this is the Boca Raton Bowl, uh, brought to you by the folks over at RoofClaim.com. All right. Um, but yeah, uh, back to Zappi. Uh, he, he's, he's very, very interesting. Uh, the receiver Stearns is, is as well. Um, I know Nick is a big fan of his, uh, Nick Price. App State, um, I think they have uh, a few, few guys. Yeah, I was going to say you're encroaching on my territory, sir. My bad. I forgot App State was in a Sunbelt for a second. God. Sunbelt champion. No, runners up. But <laughs> runners up. I forgot for a second that they lost that game. Yeah, to the fighting raging Cajun. The fighting raging Cajuns. You can tell my coffee hasn't kicked in. Anyways, for App State, uh, listen, Chase Bryce is their quarterback. He has no NFL future. I, 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 I hate to be mean, but I need to be that blunt. It, it's, it's not happening for him. Um, he'd be an older rookie. He's 24, doesn't have a lot of, a lot of traits. The NFL is probably just not all that interested in him. Might be, you know, one of those guys that just becomes a grad assistant and, and starts coaching. I, and I don't mean that in a mean way. I, I genuinely mean that. Like, Devin thinking I'm just the meanest human being on the planet this morning. Um, but no, like, Cameron Peoples, the running back, uh, I thought that he had a chance to get drafted. He decided to return to school. Uh, watch out for him. He's got a very weird running style. He's 6'2", uh, about 200 pounds, runs very upright, which is uh, not ideal. So Western Kentucky might have a chance to maybe pop that ball out, get, get a couple of fumbles. Um, Corey Sutton is missing this game with a back injury. Uh, so the offensive prospect that I chose for them is wide receiver Thomas Hennigan, uh, white boy supreme. Dude is a really good route runner, phenomenal hands, uh, just very consistent. 700 yards in two of his last three seasons. 
And uh, the one where he didn't get it, he had 675. So, you know, always going to see good uh, production in that offense. I uh, think he's probably one of those guys. You know what? I, I could just see him as a Patriot. Uh, and I, I truly mean that. Like, he's he's that Patriot-style white wide receiver that runs good routes and has good hands. Is he going to be drafted highly? Likely not. Would be honestly surprised if he was drafted. But this is going to be a good opportunity for him. He's going to get the lion's share of the targets. Um, and then on defense, take your pick. They've got a few guys. DeMarco Jackson at linebacker. Um, they've got Demetrius Taylor, who's kind of a defensive tackle slash defensive end hybrid at 6'1", 285. But the guy I, I, I clued in on um, was Sean Jolly, the corner. Um, he's been talked about now for three years. And he's, you know, the hype has definitely diminished on him. But this is a good opportunity for him. He's going to be going up against Jareth Stearns, who led the nation in receiving yards. He's going to get targeted a lot. We'll see if he's ready for that. All that being said, Devin, who are you picking? I am going to go Western Kentucky. I think they will finally, finally break their bowl woes. Uh, Bailey Zappi has to go out with a bang. And I, I think they find a way to, to win this game. I think it's going to be high scoring. I think it's going to turn into a track meet because what Western game, Western Kentucky game has not this season. Um, and, and I think they, they want to, to kind of put a stamp on the season. I know they were a little disappointed about the Conference USA Championship. So is App State about the Sun Belt Championship. So I, I think they will put up points and I think they'll find a way to win. I'm also going to go with Western Kentucky in this one. Listen, we've mentioned it. It's going to turn into a shootout. And you know what? I said it with the, the, are they Conference USA? Yes. I said it with the Conference USA Championship that like they're going to put up points and then the other team's going to have a hard time keeping up with them. It's actually going to happen this time. App State can't put up 50 points in a game. Western Kentucky can. I'm going to pick Western Kentucky to win outright. All right. Moving on, we have another one of your conference games, Devin. We got seven and five UTEP and Fresno State at nine and three in the PUBG Mobile New Mexico Bowl. Fresno was favored by eleven and a half with an over under of fifty one and a half. I'll tell you what, UTEP is going to be juiced up for this game. They are going to. This almost seems like an insult to Fresno. Yeah, I mean they they kind of had a tough season ending. But interesting note, we do not know who's going to be starting that quarterback. Because I just looked it up while you were talking about App State. They do not know because apparently Jay Kaner is a, uh, eligible to play in this game. So Yeah, uh, that have, would make sense. But they haven't said if he's going to play or not. Because I would did, assume he, he, did he that, is. That snafu where he was leaving to go to Washington and didn't have enough credits. He had to come back. So I don't know if he's actually playing. He did probably miss like a week of bowl prep. So I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm going to pick Fresno in this one. I think UTEP can cover, but I'm going to pick Fresno. I am going with the upset because I'm going Ooh. to bet that Jake Hanner is not going to play. I think he's going to. So that's, that's going to split it for us. I also think UTEP will be a lot more juiced up for this game than. Fresno will be. Definitely. So Devin, I'm going to go UTEP. I think Jacob Cowling has a big day for UTEP. 
and they score a lot of points. Devin, I want to ask you a serious question because this game is going to be going head to head with, uh, with something else. Would you rather watch the Las Vegas Raiders at the COVID depleted Cleveland Browns, or would you rather watch the Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl between UAB and number 13 BYU? Independence Bowl all day. Independence Bowl all freaking day. The NFL branching out onto Saturday starting this week is the most annoying thing. What, stop trying to compete with bowl games. Bowl games are more fun. We also have teams that we don't normally get to see play. Like, come on, man. Like, we don't care Dude, about national exposure for UAB. We don't want national exposure exposure for the hapless Raiders or once again starting the season off and just cooling off, and then the Browns don't even know who they are. And both teams are missing, like, a, I think a combined 15 starters. Can can they find a way to flex that back to Sunday? <laughs> just just stop doing the Saturday games. It's not please, hard. Please just throw it at the one o'clock window and keep them. I I, I mentioned I mentioned this in my article uh, on BlueChipScouter.com on Thursday that this is like when uh, NBC used to air Dateline four you know four or five times in a week. The NFL is doing that. They need to make sure that more than half the days in a week for December have NFL football. And I don't know whose idea it was to give us that, but I'd like to return it. It doesn't fit well. Like, I get it because, you know, Christmas is coming up. But, like, dude, like, just leave it alone, please. Mm-hmm. Just if you're going to have it on, like, Christmas weekend, go off. Saturday, Sunday, go for it. But that doesn't mean I'm going to watch it because I'm not. I barely watched the Thursday night games this year, so I'm, I'm definitely not watching that. I game. have a hard time paying attention to the Sunday games. Yeah, but anyway, back to uh, BYU UAB. Uh, I was very surprised that BYU ended up here. Very surprised. I mean, yeah, I thought they were going to be playing a little bit later in the year. Like they, they at beat, least after Christmas, man. They beat the the Pac-12 champions. They beat Arizona State. Like, what else do you want from them? Like, I I don't get it. They beat three. They beat three Pac-12 teams. Three of them this year. They're thirteenth in the nation and playing on on December nineteenth, eighteenth. Sorry, my bad. They beat five because they beat USC, Washington State, Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah. Again, they beat five Power Five teams. They're thirteenth in the nation. They're playing on the second day of bowl games. They're favored by seven with an over under of fifty four and a half. I forgot to mention that. See, people are going to worry, be worried about whether or not they're going to be motivated to play. I think they're going to be mad and pissed. They're going to be off. pissed off. They're going to be a bunch of pissed off Mormons, man. So, and they here, don't have beer to calm them down. Tyler Algier is going to. <laughs> I'm just just keep going past that. Tyler Algier, <laughs> he's going to have a big day, I think. Uh, Jaron Hall, a uh, Tyler Fornis favorite, even though he's going to be 25 uh, next year as a rookie. Good uh, grief! Yeah. Yeah, he, he's he's our age. He's old. He's old. Um, he's a he's a fair he's a fun player. He's a, he's a favorite. Somehow BYU always has these fun quarterbacks that just come out of nowhere. I don't know why, but it's been been the trend as of late. Um, and then you look at UAB. I mean, they've always been solid. Like, you know, they're they're not gonna be. 
you know, big time scoring threats or anything like that, but, but they're just a solid team. Uh, and I believe they have a, a tight end. Uh, I think Garrett Prince, who is going to the Shrine Bowl, possibly, I think. I think it's him. Uh, but other than that, they don't have a ton of prospects to uh, preview here. So I'm going to go with BYU. I think they're going to win the game. Um, and I don't think it's going to be particularly close. Yeah, I'm going to go with BYU. I think they cover, too. Listen, UAB is pretty good, but this is a very angry, very good BYU team that's going to feel uh, slighted for having to play in a game that, frankly, they deserve better than. Moving on to the next game, Devin, we have the Lending Tree Bowl between 7-5 and five Eastern Michigan and 7-5 and five Liberty. Likely the last game we'll see in college of one Malik Willis. Uh, where are we going with this one? Liberty is, uh, favored by nine and a half with an over under of 58 and a half. Eastern Michigan is, is going to cover. Uh, I think Liberty wins. So I just think Willis is going to have a decent game. He's better. I mean, I've been waiting for it all year. Yeah. I, I think Eastern Michigan's pass rush isn't uh, too significant, but I do have a fun prospect that I think you will like. Ooh. On Eastern Michigan. Ooh. Canadian City So. He is a projected first round pick in the CFL draft. Sorry, can you say the name you cut out there for a second? City So. City So. I believe Eastern Michigan is also led by a Canadian quarterback. Could be. Uh, is Nathan Rourke their starting QB? No, he's not. Well, then. <laughs> you must be talking about Ohio. Oh, you are, you are correct. My apologies. No, uh, but, but yeah, City they Show. wear green and are in the Mac. They might as well be the same program. Yep. City. So though, uh, guard, uh, really, really good run blocker. Uh, kind of caught my eye against Wisconsin this year, earlier this year, did a really good job, uh, handling that front four. Um, so I, I think he has a chance to be a camp body, but I think he, if he, if it doesn't work out in NFL, he definitely has a future. In the oh, he's from league. Quebec. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, I hope he doesn't listen to this because he's <laughs> what an asshole. Uh, but no, like obviously, um, you know, good for good for city. So I, I will say there is a bit of a pipeline with uh, Canada and Eastern Michigan, and has been for about the last like fifteen years. Uh, I remember uh, certain. People that my brother played football with ended up, uh, I think there was two or three from his, uh, summer league team up here that ended up playing, um, in, at Eastern Michigan. And one has gone on to have a very successful, uh, CFL career being Corey Watman. But yeah, Eastern Michigan has been a bit of a Canadian pipeline for over a decade. Yeah, they also have a tight end from the Netherlands, so they they love their there you go. players. <laughs> uh, I, I, I say I say uh, has had a, a good career. He did retire, but uh, yeah, it's it's definitely been uh, and you know what? It's an offensive lineman thing, man. Canadian offensive lineman up here going down to uh, to Eastern Michigan. It's been a it's been a, a 
a consistent thing. So, yeah. So th- those are the city. So and uh, Malik Willis are the two big prospects in that game um, to, to watch. I think Liberty is going to win, like I said, but, but I think Eastern Michigan, Michigan covers. I'm, I'm going to say the same. All right. Whoops. I've now, I accidentally closed out the, uh, the, the bowl games like an idiot. Hang on. Give me a second. I can, I haven't pulled up. Oh, you have move on to the next game then, please. We have the Jimmy Kimmel LA bowl. I hate the fact that that's a thing presented by stifle Utah state versus Oregon state, Oregon state favored by seven points. You can get into this game for as little as nineteen dollars. I'm let's, amazed let's Kimmel's ego. I'm amazed Kimmel's ego is allowing that to happen. I would. By the way, this, this is game. being played at SoFi Stadium. I would go to this game, hundred percent. How the hell did they get SoFi Stadium for a meaningless bowl game on the second day of bowl, of bowl hey, season? Hey, hey, now, hey, now. It's not Sorry, it's not meaningless. Not meaningless. A th- a throwaway bowl game. Utah State is in it, so I'm all over it. Conference champion, yep, Utah State. Again, put some respect on these conference champions. Ten and three, and you're having them play it at the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl? It's in L.A. But it's the second day of bowl season, man. But it's on ABC. Ooh, touche. Um, so, Oregon State favored by seven points. Are you kidding me? Give me Utah State to upset Oregon State. I don't even think that this is an upset. Give me Utah State, the fighting former Arkansas Red Red Wolves. Arkansas State, yeah, there you go. Two prospects to to watch in this game. Uh, One, actually, there's a a particular matchup I'm looking forward to. Devin Tompkins, uh, he's like 5'8", 170, but leads the uh, NCAA in receiving against, uh, I think it's Rajon Wright, I think. Yeah, uh, Rajon Wright. Yep, right hey, Sean Wright's brother. Yep. Uh, he obviously known for last chance you, um, as you know, the guy talks trash, but I think he's a, he's a legit prospect. Uh, I want to see those two go head to head. I think that's going to be the matchup of the day in that game. Um, but definitely going to watch him. Logan Bonner, probably a camp body. Uh, but I, I mean, he, he seems at least intriguing. Do plays through. A significant amount of injuries. He, he gets hurt every game. Doesn't fail. You're gonna see him rolling around the ground at least once or twice a game because he just—I don't know what happens. But I do like uh, Shaq Bond, uh, Utah State safety. He's a hard-hitting safety, uh, box safety. Uh, and then Ajani Carter is another safety to watch as well. This is his first year. Uh, full-time playing safety, so he, he's made some great plays in coverage, more of that coverage type of player as well. And then A.J. Von Pachon, the linebacker from Utah State, is interesting. And then our last game to talk about for this one, Devin, it's number 23, Louisiana Lafayette, the Raging Cajuns, the rightful Sunbelt champions, unlike I, what I said earlier. Uh, and they are facing Marshall in the R&L Carriers New Orleans Bowl. Obviously played at the Superdome, Louisiana, favored by five, over under of 55. This one is tough because I don't know 
I don't know how well Louisiana is going to play in the first half. I think they're going to have some emotions about Billy Napier not being there, you know, and they're going to have quite the crowd. I'm not going to be, you know, surprised that they're going to have a better fan turnout than Marshall. I think UL wins the game. I think Marshall covers, though, Um, because I just feel like UL does not play a game where it's not close at some point. I will say this, Devin, because this is my conference. Find something to do when Louisiana Lafayette has the ball. Uh, if you like passing, this is not the offense for you. They, <laughs> what? What? Just go ahead. <laughs> uh, Kyler Murray is definitely not something that you can compare Levi Lewis to. Um, Kyler has one of the strongest turns in all of, in all of football. Uh, I've seen 10 yard outs die in the air when watching Levi Lewis. He hasn't been invited to a college, uh, collegiate, uh, all-star game, which I think says all it needs to people just went, Oh, great. He's a short king. He's Kyler Murray. He is not Kyler Murray. He is not. Um, oh boy. Like, again, I feel really mean for piling on Levi Lewis, but man, it's not good. They're great at running the ball. They're a really good team when it comes to running the ball. They, they spread it out amongst three backs. Um, they run it really well behind the, the offensive line duo of guard Osiris Torrance, who's an underclassman, and offensive tackle Max Mitchell, who will be playing down in the senior bowl. You can pretty much just skip their offense uh, outside of those two guys. But on defense, they've got Braylon Tron, who's a, a good safety. I think going into the year, I gave him a fifth-round grade. Uh, they have Percy Butler, who is going to be at the Shrine Bowl, uh, preseason fourth-round grade from me. The guy I highlighted in the article, though, Devin, is nose tackle Taylor Humphrey, otherwise known as Big Sauce which is just an amazing nickname. Why is he nicknamed Big Sauce? Well, he's six foot four and 350 pounds. Um, he is a pure nose tackle. And in a day and age where we don't see that, he is an entertaining watch because he is a certified big old boy. Uh, that's all I got on this one. Give me Louisiana. Give me Marshall to cover. Yep. yep. Is there anything you want to talk about before we get on out of here? No, um, just just side for both season because a lot of my teams play early on, and my guys are done by Christmas for uh, <laughs> for for the Sun Belt. The funny thing is, the Sun Belt ends on Christmas for me. The Big Twelve doesn't start till the twenty eighth. Yep. Uh, sadly, uh, me and you both will have to watch LSU versus Kansas State uh, at the end of bowl season. Because is that the last bowl game? The uh, last one before champ- national championship. <laughs> for different reasons. Um, so I'm not looking forward to that. But I am excited for some of the like second and third week bowl games. Like I'm, I'm excited for, um, I think Central Michigan and Boise State play. Uh, sadly, it's the barstool bowl game. Ooh. I hate that, but 
I do. I am very intrigued in that game. No, I no. That might be the. Let me check on that. No, but the, no. Central Michigan is playing something. I don't know. I'll, I'll check it later. But I think it's Central Michigan Boise State playing. I just don't remember what bowl game. I think it's the Barstool. It is Arizona. It bowl, is the Idaho Potato Bowl. I think is it. the greatest bowl game name in the history of. I mean, dude, instead of dumping a, a a thing of Gatorade, it's just French fries. Well, how about Duke's Mayo Bowl is actually talking about No, that's gross. <laughs> that's gross. That's disgusting. The fries, though, it's a nice touch. Yeah, no, no, no. No one wants to be dumped in mayo. Anyways, I think that's the perfect thing to leave this podcast on. So, as always, you can find me on Twitter at MikeH underscore Draft. You can find Devin on Twitter at RealD underscore Jackson. Follow the show on Twitter at Big Shots Pod. Follow our work over at BlueChipScouting.com. Follow Blue Chip Scouting at Blue Chip Scout, and we will see you all on Tuesday. Friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the planet for whatever your needs are. With nine amazing flavors to choose from, all of which covered in 100% chocolate. Oh, by the way, guys, they have several monthly special offer bars as well all of which have up to 19 grams of protein with only 4 grams of added sugar and 4 grams of net carbs. Built Bar has whatever you're looking for, whether you're looking for a delicious snack, a pre- or post-workout bar, or need to keep up with your macros, Built Bar is a top-of-the-first-round protein bar. See what I did there? Draft puns. Head on over to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code BIGSHOTS for 10% off your next order. That's BIGSHOTS, all one word, 10% off your next order 